0: Welcome back uh, to the channel today, everyone. So I have a really special episode. Obviously, I'm I'm, uh, streaming on a day that I don't usually stream. Um, But um, obviously, you guys know I I haven't done an interview in quite a while, but I'd like to do them. And I have been wanting to to do this one for quite a while. Um, And so without further ado, I am going to bring up my friend um, who I've known for a little bit now. And um, yeah. Matt Ray, welcome, hey. in. thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. This is so awesome because we've spoken a few times, but we've never actually properly spoken like this, so this is great.
0: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we, we, we've done so much together over just like the last year, or it's actually been about the last year, and um, but we've never actually even video chat. Actually, we did. No, no. I, I take that back. We've done it
1: in to... meetings a few times. Yeah, we've done
0: meeting video chats, but we've never actually even just like sat down and had like a conversation face to face like this. So,
1: I'm excited yeah, I'm really it. excited
0: to to talk about things and uh, you know just catch up with you because um, I know you've been you've been kind of um, you've been doing pretty good. I mean, you, you your platform's been growing as well, but um, I mean, unfortunately, it's under under circumstances, circumstances that you're but... yeah <laughs> that you're you're raising some issues so so why don't you just kind of talk about what you've been going through um you know what the last year or, or what's what's been going on
1: yeah so I guess it would be about eight months ago now that I would have stopped the testosterone I'd I've been on tea for nearly eight years but since I was on uh, came to the U.S. I was put on a a different testosterone, and uh, I was overprescribed, and I had no idea. And so, within being here since 2021, my health just deteriorated, and um, I start. It started off with just heart palpitations. That's what it begun with, but they became more concerning as as time went on. And then I started suffering from cystic acne. And acne is one thing I was told that you can get when you start hormones when I first transitioned. But Mm -hmm. it never happened before. It only happened now. And it was beyond anything I imagined it would be. It wasn't how they said it would be. It was cystic and painful. And uh... so it got to a point where Jude was starting to worry about me because I was very lethargic as well. And we ended up having this discussion with, you know, is this a good idea for you to be taking this anymore? And after a few weeks of umming and ahhing about it, it, it was starting to get scary with the the hub population. So I stopped and I was hoping that would be the end of everything, but things only actually got worse. And, um, partly because my body was in shock where it had been on the hormone for so long and also because of the overprescription and I I found this out when I went to the doctors and found out that because I'd been prescribed uh, what I had been uh my liver was working overtime um the testosterone levels were causing me to be in the bracket when it comes to menzies of a pre-menopausal woman a postmenopausal woman and a pregnant woman so my whole so yeah crazy <laughs> that's, messed, like, that's really it sounds wild right <laughs> so, I, how, do you,
0: how do you hit pre and post plus <laughs> I,
1: I, but you know like it makes sense because right now so like i know it's gross details and stuff but like we gotta be honest with these things like it, my my cycle has come back but i'm still getting the hot flashes, so i am experiencing both it's, it's really been it's been horrible. It's been intense. And uh, I've seen another doctor now and I've now got neurological issues due to the overprescription as well. So I have to see a neurologist. Um, we we're speaking about briefly just now, but um, I'm waiting for my referral to arrive at the at the neurologist. Uh, so it, it's been really, really scary. And it just worries me even more for these children because i know i'm not the only person who's been experiencing these issues in fact they say that D trans and people with health issues from this are a very slim amount but there are so many people coming forward and i'm I'm beginning to realize that we've all just been gaslit in a way
0: yeah yeah so um because we i mean we talked we talked a while ago and you had mentioned this was before you, you knew you found out uh, like what the issues really were. We had talked about because um, it was like when you first, when you came over from the UK, that's, that's when you started realizing it. And at first we thought it was the type of testosterone that they're yeah. giving people. But are you finding out now that it's more so just doctors not prescribing it properly? Is it the type of testosterone or is it just basically the, the, What is it, the medical malpractice that's happening?
1: I think it's a combination of both because um, Buck Angel was really concerned when he found out what was going on. And he called me up and he asked me what testosterone I was taking. And I told him it was the 8. And he said that every trans man he knows who is also on 8 has been having similar issues.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're not the, I mean, I've heard of a lot of trans men that have had to come off of testosterone. Um, you know, they still, I mean, everything. And it's, that's wild though. Uh, and that's the problem is, is we need to get more studies, especially I mean, uh-huh. now. I, I think, so, I mean, well, first, have you, have you started to look at, I mean, what's, what's your plan going forward? Have you looked at possibly holding manufacturers are liable or even, um, you know, you're suing your doctors at this point.
1: Um, Ryan reached out to me from the, uh, gavel project. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's an attorney and he worked on the documentary, uh, cut daughters of the West that had the premiere recently. He was the attorney in that he's reached out and he's willing to help. Um, So we've been speaking to him, Um, we're going to be speaking to him further, but at the same time, I'm just very, very overwhelmed because I'm I'm sick right now, and the thought of court cases when I'm sick is very terrifying, but at the same time, part of me wants to push because I'm at the point where I'm thinking the only way we're going to protect these children is by hitting them where it hurts and that's in their bank accounts because no, they've made right. it, they've made it into a money-making business. That's what it is. Yeah. They've turned people into cash cows, even people who have successfully transitioned to having any issues like yourself, like we're still cash cows. They're you know, it's permanent. no. You're absolutely it's a right. Business.
0: Like, yeah. When I got into it, I knew that I was going to be doing this, you know, yeah. on these drugs for the rest of my life. And it was worth it to me, you know, at the time. And,
1: yeah, um, me too. That, that At the time, I really, I wanted to be on T I, because I have gender dysphoria. And this is the other thing, you know, I'm going, I've physically detransitioned, but I'm struggling a lot with the social side of it because regard, like, I know there's an agenda at play here. I I feel like the med, I'm upset by the medical malpractice and, and uh, it's put me through mental turmoil with it because I socially, desperately, because of how I feel, want to be able to socially detransition too, but it's... A day by day thing for me I need to walk before I run with it because it doesn't the elephant is still going to be in the room I'm still going to have gender dysphoria I had it my whole life how do you just stop having gender dysphoria so it's it's really stressful because I I want to be able to where I've been going through what I have I want to be able to accept you know my 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 birth sex so much but I still have gender dysphoria and it's nobody truly knows how to deal with it no one knows yeah it's it's, it's, it's not understood well,
0: and that's what we, we hear sometimes a lot with just the detransition community is they have now reversed gender dysphoria right to where they wish so much that you could go back to their to their biological sex because of you know where they felt like they've gone through yeah um but you're right i i've said it quite a bit too like even you know we're banning it for children in so many states um but i think that the only way to de-incentivize it from doctors is lawsuits um but also i don't know i mean i don't know um financially i mean financially you're you're dealing with so much you're gonna have to i mean you almost that's what's gonna have to help you financially be able to pay for the harm that they've caused you anyways.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's, it's just like a double edged sword in so many ways because there's like pros and cons of all of it. And, uh, I, I want to help the kids. So if I do choose to go ahead with it, it will be mostly for that because I think some people, a lot of people actually, it's all well and good telling them something, but if they see the damage that something can cause, then they're going to start listening and these, these doctors and stuff, they don't care. They just, they just care about this, but the public, those who are confused, they, they need to see too, because you know, they even gaslight people like Chloe and it's unbelievable because she was so young.
0: No, you're absolutely right now. I I mean, you've post you've, I mean, you've just done some incredibly brave things too. I mean, you've posted your videos of what you're actually going through. And I mean, You've said that that's what you're doing it for so that people can actually see the harms that, that are yeah. that are taking place up to people
1: i i didn't want this has been going on for a bit these these seizure type spasms they've been going on for a while and i never thought anything of it but then that day it was extra bad especially that night and i thought all these people who are saying this stuff is safe and are doing this to kids i was like i was i was struggling but i was like jude just do it because people people need to see. Yeah. And as um, I've been really, I've barely been checking my notifications to be honest for a while because it's, it was a very being very vulnerable to post something like that. So I've been a bit embarrassed, and people have said to me not to because you know for one I can't help it, but it's it is embarrassing to to show something like that because yeah. it it, it, it's very it's, you know it's your most vulnerable but i just think it's so important because there are people who think that they're doing good by pushing this on children and adults you know like whether someone agrees with transition as a whole or not you cannot tell an adult what to do and this is why i where people who attack us for saying that that they're not really listening because an adult can do what they want at the end of the day there's nothing you can only warn them and some people you know they they don't have the issues and i i I pray that they never i pray that you never do i pray that buck doesn't but when the amount of people who do have issues you can't do this to children especially when they're not mentally or physically developed it's just it's pure evil and i don't know how they can think it's the opposite it's it's crazy to me
0: no you're absolutely right i mean it, it Especially and this is this has always been my my thing is, especially when it comes to female to male. I've always had more of a soft spot in my heart, I guess, for uh, male to female, because, you know, that testosterone is such a powerful drug where females Mm -hmm. can actually wait to go on to it because it's so powerful. It will override most of their female puberty where testosterone so powerful. Estrogen doesn't. At the same time, I don't think that, you know, I've I've as i've learned more and more i don't think anybody you know not even males should be transitioning young there's stuff you can do to become passable and you can you can do so much stuff even as a child um Mm -hmm. that's not permanent to you know help with dysphoria along the way until you get to a proper age um but you're right i think adults can do what they want with their body but Informed consent has to be informed. And that's one of the things that I think, especially with what you're talking about now, I think that we, I mean, this is why I asked about manufacturers, because, you know, complaints need to be submitted to the FDA um, to get that type of testosterone pulled off the market. And people need to know that there is a specific testosterone out there that is causing issues. And And, and so like you raising that up and that's an important issue is, is it may not even just be testosterone in itself. It could be the manufacturer of the testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. Now what's your timeline? Like what, so, um, when did you start on testosterone and then when did you move here and start on the new testosterone?
1: So I thought, because I. I don't have my records here with me. I thought I started T at twenty-six, but I started it at twenty-four. I I went back and I that's how I got to like the nearly eight years. Yeah. Um, but it started off with the UK will be quite different with how it goes about. I actually went through my um, treatment at the Tavistock, which got shut down. That was why oh, yeah. I went through everything. And when I look back at my experiences, I can completely understand why at the time, you know, when, when you, you know what it's like, when when you want to transition and stuff, you don't see the red flags and things you kind of just think I want this, you know, you don't really yeah. think about um, whether you're, you know, getting the whether it's going the right way. And I remember the I remember being quite surprised about how the psychiatric evaluation went because it didn't feel very much like that at all it kind of just felt like they were asking me how they asked me how I felt and obviously I said I felt like I was a man because that's what you would do <laughs> and then that, they yeah. asked me if I was in a relationship and at the time I was and they were like okay that's good <laughs> there was no real there was no real questions like that you would think would be linked to the gender dysphoria and whether this was the right path for you and so um the next step was uh they did some blood work to see if i could handle the testosterone but this was at a different appointment and there was quite a long waiting list because in the uk the tavistock was the sole clinic so yeah there was long waiting lists for it but Take out the time in between the appointments. The actual process was fast because it was first appointment, tell them how you feel. Second appointment, see if you can handle T, hormones, top surgery. You know, the the next one would have been the hysterectomy if I'd have still been in the UK. Really?
0: It would have been that quick to get a hysterectomy?
1: Yes, because they told me when they signed me off for my top surgery that the next time they would speak to me would be about that.
0: And how, how how long in between, like, when you started to, to top surgery to hysterectomy would have it been?
1: I had – there was a waiting list because I went through the NHS. So yeah. I had to wait about – I had to wait quite a long time for my top surgery. But if you're private, it's a whole different story because yep. my cousin actually came out as trans as well, okay? And my cousin went private and i couldn't believe how quickly he was put on tea i I couldn't believe how quickly and then the top surgery too it was you know like if you've got if you've got the money it's like a Disney fast pass. You just can't just speed it up. Well, well, that's, I mean, no,
0: you're absolutely right. Actually, I was talking to uh, Josie, the redheaded libertarian on Monday on the show, and she was trying to say, she she thought that the Tavistock Clinic had such a long wait list because that's kind of how it was, like they were doing things right there. And I said, no, actually, that's just the flaw of socialized medicine. Because it was it the only so place. <laughs> but that's what's actually, and actually what's been happening, what was happening too was that, especially in like the, Countries that have socialized medicine is as it became tr- a trend, as the spike started happening, the wait list got longer. So, actual people with gender dysphoria were not getting treated. And yeah. those that were trending, or, you know, doing it for for a fad, they were taking all
1: the spots. And so, it was making it even harder. Well, I, I noticed some things. When I first started going to the Tavistock, it would be just me and like one other person in the waiting room, it would be really quiet. But by the time I went to my appointment for the uh, top surgery sign-off, there were so many people in that waiting room. And I noticed some of them, and I don't know if they were really young or on Mm puberty blockers. I don't know that. But there were younger looking teenagers with parents. So whether they were being put on blockers, I'm not sure, because I know the UK used to be really strict and uh, it was 18 and over for transition only. But maybe they were doing the blockers i
0: yeah i i don't know when everybody started utilizing the dutch model um which has kind of been an interesting uh turn of events with the the people that ran the study being like um you guys aren't using it utilizing our system properly you know you're just putting everybody on blockers and saying that that's okay mm-hmm. and that's not at all what they said initially um, but even still that's not, and actually I think they tried to recreate the study in the UK, but they couldn't recreate the right. results ever. And so that's probably why that it was a little bit more strict there as well. Um so when when though did you uh move to the US? Uh
1: 2021 in June. Okay.
0: So it's been fairly recent. Um Yeah.
1: And it's... then I was back on the T, I was on the Scipionate from the August cause I had a while trying to figure out how to even get hold of my testosterone again, you know, because I'd moved yeah. to a whole new country. I had to, well, one prove I was trans. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, you can't just sign it off to anyone, you know, well, they, they, they do these days, but.
0: Well, yeah, but. I mean, I was on an informed <laughs> consent uh, basis. Actually, I still am on an informed consent basis. Went to my doctor last week. Um, but it is interesting. Um, but, so where are you at now? I know you said that you are like um, you're kind of physically detransitioning, but you're still living every day as a fully presenting male, right? Or how how, how what what is your plan? What is it, what are you doing? and Where are you going? How are you moving forward with it right now? What do you have I, an
1: idea I, yet? <laughs> I'm really struggling because it's growing back a bit but I have been trying to shave this down I've been trying (laughs) to trim this I've been trying to be clean shaven but it's just I just look like a dude you know like it's and it's like Scott Scott Nugent says you know that this is how it's going to be now so I'm at the point where I am not in like the radical way but i don't care about pronouns because i get why people call me she and i also get why people call me he you know <laughs> and like what's really funny is that i was laughing yesterday because i've realized that i'm actually a real life they them and the reason why is people in the comment section keep calling me they because they don't know how to talk to. they
0: me. don't know how <laughs> they, to talk they to don't
1: want to yeah. offend me they don't want to offend me so they keep <laughs> they're like I love Matt Ray. They're so brave. And I'm like, I'm a they them. I'm a they
0: them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's that's great.
1: <laughs> and it's just people are so sweet, but it's just so funny because they just don't want to offend me. So they're just calling me a they. And I was like, Wow, all the all the radicals are gonna be jealous because I didn't even have to ask.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just get called, yeah, yeah, I know. Um I and I, I mean that's yeah, like you said, Scott said it too. It's like I mean, and you've said this before in the past too. You've said it, I think you've said it publicly and you've also said it uh, to me as well. But you said there's no way that you can physically detransition. Like there there's no ac- actually going back.
1: No. I mean, if you know, if I was to go on estrogen again that could cause me issues too, because my body's so messed up and the same for all of us. So it's like, I'm at the point now where I just look how I do. And I care more about the mental side yeah. of it because I need to become to terms with a lot of it. You know, I, I, I don't know if you saw my, my chat with Ashley, but I mentioned how I spoke to my mom and that was, yeah. that was really hard for me to do. And it was a really rough time because where I was going through what I was going through. And I know my mom and my dad had warned me so much, my mom, especially it, it hurt her a lot more than it hurt my dad. When I transitioned, she struggled a lot more with it. Yeah. And so I, where I was having all these health issues and things, I, shame was like completely washed over me and I didn't think I could face her. So I didn't ring home for quite a while. And it was mm-hmm. starting to eat at me because I love my family. And I was like, I, I need to talk to my mum because she probably thinks I just want nothing to do with her and doesn't know what's going on with me. Yeah. Um, and with the social media and things, she would have been kind of watching that from the sidelines and been like, Why aren't you talking to me? You know. So yeah. I rang her up and it was ex- it was the most emotional conversation I've had in my life. And uh when I did apologize for um transitioning, she outright said to me. I don't accept your apology, but it wasn't because she was mad at me. It's because she was like, you shouldn't be apologizing for this. Yeah. You know, but I just, I do feel like I have to at the same time because, I don't know, I'm going through that stage of it all where I've got a lot of guilt and I need to forgive myself, (laughs) you know. But really, it's stupid because I, we all make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes.
0: Yeah. Now I know. You, um Now you you've also said that you don't. You know you probably if you were to go back, you would not You won't transition. Is that right?
1: Yeah, and and mostly because it's just not worth this. What I've been going through, you know. Yeah. And um, and that that's what's really sad about as well. Because like I said before, I I do have gender dysphoria regardless, and I I know what a woman is, but I don't know what that means for me because I've never been feminine i've never been uh i hated being a girl so much when i was young i never embraced it and i i want to be able to and i'm struggling so much of that but part of me that doesn't know even if i socially detransitioned i feel like deep down that issue will i will i will end up feeling i feel like i'm gonna feel like I did when I was in school when I felt trapped because the it, gender dysphoria is still going to be there. So it's, yeah. it's trying to get to that stage where I can let go of all of that, but it's, uh, will it have, I don't know because j- I, you know, like you agree, it's a mental illness. Yeah. Gender dysphoria is So how do you, yeah. when there's no actual cure for it, other than this thing they're giving us of this transition that doesn't always work, you know, it doesn't always work out yeah. well and it can lead to much worse. What do you do?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's and that's that's what's hard, is because you've just been put through the ringer because of it. And um, but you've also been very supportive. Like we, I mean, we've been friends for, like I said, about a year now that we've known each mm-hmm. other. And we've we we've, we've always been very supportive of each other and what we're what yeah. each is going through. And and you understand the mental illness of gender dysphoria. So it's I, I've never once seen you sh- actually shame like trans people other than the crazy leftists, that's what we're yeah, doing I so I, I don't ever want anybody to think that like you're out here pushing this narrative that you know that it's harmful or anything like that um but when it when it could be you're just telling your story and I, and i really admire that because um and and i can't i mean if you weren't going through this like like you said you have gender dysphoria and i know that's the thing is a lot of people have gender dysphoria and transition's not right for them um now would you say though that transition was like like kind of what your mom was getting to is like that transition was right for you until i mean it was right for you and then you started having all these health complications and that has what been what's really done it um is i mean yeah that's why it's why I know you, you, you would go, you would go back and not do it because of the health complications, but giving you any of the information that you're having, like you have now, you, I don't know. I don't know how to ask the question. <laughs> you
1: know? No, um, I get what you're saying. And yeah. Um, in, in ways, yes, because like, like Buck, I did feel comfortable presenting myself outwardly as male, but I never tried to like, these people can be really invasive and I never did that. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. uh, force anyone to like me or anything like that i just kept yeah. to myself and i was happy you know i was quite happy on my own as well <laughs> a lot of the time you know i yeah i never i never i never was one of those people who associated with the community because even before this stuff got pushed i found it really insane how they made their whole personality about how they were gay or they were trans. There was never anything else about them. You know, the people I'm talking about, they make it their whole being. And it really frustrated me. And my old roommate used to find it so funny and be like, the community would think you're so anti-gay and look at our lives now that's what's happening to us <laughs> when we're not we're just anti-crazy and like yeah it's... no you're absolutely right well,
0: and that's what i think is, is is so important about what you're what you're doing is yeah like i said you're give you're out here giving a perspective and you're trying to protect people and that's um now were you before you before again you started i guess uh having the issues were you already out there like speaking out or, and what actually started, what, what made you start speaking oh, nice. out, I guess?
1: Uh, I started speaking out the moment Rachel Levine <laughs> was on TV <laughs> saying they're going to empower trans kids. And it was really hard for me because I have suffered with anxiety my whole life. Um, yeah, Before I ever went viral, I wouldn't have even gone live on Facebook to a couple of friends. I, I had such anxiety. I still do. I still yeah. get it but I'm at the point now where I've learned to deal with it because this is, I believe what with this work we're all doing is a calling because some people are scared to do it. You, you know, it is, it is a calling. And that day when I saw that clip about the empowering trans kids, I sat there, I was, I was raging. I was furious because it just seemed insane that why would we living in this reality when that's even a good idea, you know? And, uh, I turned around to Jude and I was like, I'm I'm terrified, but I don't think enough people are doing this. So I feel like I've got to say something. And she was like, do it. So I got on TikTok. I just pressed record and I just spoke my mind. And then the next thing, conservative aunt had stitched it. And then Jamie approached me the next day. Do you want to be a member of Gays Against Groomers? And I was like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, and we're, like, we're already it, there. Yeah, yeah like, it was kind of overwhelming because when I posted that video, I didn't expect it to get a hundred thousand. So, like, like, at all, let alone like so quickly, and then all that yeah. stuff. And I was thinking, oh no, the <laughs> can't back out now. This is no, it. you but, can't like, back out now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also really nice because it was so nice having parents. That's what really means a lot to me when the parents reach out and they say, thank you. yeah. Because they're under this impression because of these radicals that they're not allowed to have an opinion on this. And it's insanity because if they're doing this to your kids, even if you haven't got kids, this affects everybody. This is a global issue that everybody needs to care about because children are, are in danger here. But that gave yeah. me the push, you know, and I did have this moment where I struggled for a bit because when you first get your first... uh Experience with the TRAs—they are—they re- are relentless. They're brutal, and yeah. they were telling me that if this was World War Two, I'd be shipping off my own people. The—the—the the one comment that I did find hilarious was <laughs> they told me that because I actually look male, I'm not allowed to speak for the trans community. <laughs>
0: Of course, of course. And of that course, worries yeah. me
1: because the whole point of being trans in the past was that you would present yourself as the opposite gender and you'd want to pass. But now, unless you've got long hair, breasts, but still have a beard, you're not allowed to talk. Like you have yeah. to be as, <laughs> as, as it's insane. It's the non-binary. You have to look like that now yeah. where you don't count.
0: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you have to like, and if, if you even use the term transsexual, it's you know you're you're cascaded um because that is it's harmful that's now a slur to them but you can't you know cis is not a slur i guess you know it's so but or it's
1: it's it's passing privilege
0: passing privilege that's the other thing is you have passing privilege
1: i get that all the time and it's so rude oh or i get told that i'm not really trans (laughs) that one that one really gets me because i could Prove I'm trans in seconds just by lifting my shirt up, you know, yeah, yeah, the scars yeah, I mean... are there. You, the, the, these people, though, it's like when they said that Gays Against Groomers was an uh, organization of straight white males. <laughs> Even though the founder is a Jewish lesbian. It's... <laughs> I
0: know, right? it, it's 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 funny when all when all that starts to happen, right? Um, it is really interesting because now I'm talking to you and, you know, I, I was hanging out with shapeshifter I love last shapes. weekend, <laughs> and it's so interesting because now it almost seems like you guys are kind of in like very similar boats because Shapes is just doing doing Shapes thing, and it's hard, yeah. and, and
1: that's the same way. It's like and Shape also pronouns, pronouns shape will never look male. Shape cannot yeah. look male, and it was really sad yeah. when 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 Shapes was saying, "Look, I I I I've detransitioned, but if." the police came to my door right now they would think i was a woman because one this this, this. and yeah. uh, it's it is irreversible meanwhile these people who are pushing this agenda are saying that it's not <laughs> yeah no
0: i mean that's uh, there's there's things that i mean I don't think that yeah, well, I could never go back because I've had surgery and, yeah. and stuff like that. So there's so much there that it's it's not reversible, especially when you get past a certain point. Um and actually like you were talking about facial hair earlier. If you're a if you're a male and you've had your facial hair removed, yeah, then you it won't come back. Like if yeah. even if you start testosterone back up, you know.
1: And mine's gonna keep growing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well <laughs> it is. Only, it, that's what yeah. people don't realize is so that's um testosterone once testosterone the facial hair is actually one area where once testosterone hits it you you have to take, get electrolysis to get it taken care yep. of completely
1: um, the only as, thing well they as the say, yeah the only thing they say is that if you stop taking the tea um any hair that hadn't filled in yet won't fill in but the hair right. that had will forever come back yeah and I have a full beard, so it's gonna keep coming back. <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna, gonna be right around there. It's gonna be good. Yeah, <laughs> it'll so be okay. It's I mean. either just accept things how they are, like Scott Nugent has, or yeah. be the bearded lady from the Greatest Showman. And I don't know what you'd pick, but I don't think I want to <laughs> be the second. You know, it's no. like
0: no. It, I, I think the same with me is I wouldn't want to. I would I couldn't detransition. Obviously, if I've had I've had surgery and stuff like that, there would be no way it's like it's either you're you're a man with a vagina or you're 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 you just live the rest as a woman but i i mean personally i cry when i think about detransitioning i i don't think i could ever go back to living that way like living as a man so it's like i said it's been good for me and it's just i mean it's always hard especially when now you're suffering from dysphoria again just because of stuff you know your body going back into its own right
1: yeah i mean it's the dysphoria is never gonna go away even like i've said i i want to reach the point where i can be comfortable with my my birth sex because i've already made the physical step but at the same time i know that deep down that dysphoria is always gonna be there and so and i don't care about my appearance anymore because i know that what's done is done so if i do socially detransition I'm, I know I'm always going to look like a dude, and I know whenever I go into the shop or something, people are going to still call me he. So <laughs> it's yeah. going to be the opposite. Before I transitioned, I hated being called she, but I didn't pass back then, even though I thought I did. Because <laughs> mentally, even when you don't, you think that you do, you, because, yeah. you, you're, no, you're you, right. because you because you because you you start living the way you do, so you feel that way. But then your reality gets shattered often, and it was I'd get called she, and it would crush me and now I'd have the opposite because if I did try and live as a woman everywhere I'd go they'd be like sir you know
0: so it's like
1: oh my gosh it would happen so much it's you're absolutely right it's hard and so I've had my moments of crying too about detransitioning but not because I don't want to detransition because I've I've made that choice but because it's never going to be simple. Yes this journey even if you try and reverse it is continuous and it's it's
0: not it's not as
1: easy and i think people need to know this too because the people who are detransitioning they are really brave the people who have fully done it who have socially done it as well i i think they're so brave because i get scared about it i'm still trying to get there i i i have little pep talks of myself all the time going you can do this you can do this but the dysphoria is like a a monster in the background, just looming over me. That's always been there, and and when no one really knows how to fully address it, you can't necessarily get the help. Like all of us detransitioners are just trying to work through this mess together without any real direction. Because there's they have so much support that they want to give if you want to transition, but if you want a way out, you're on your own.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And actually, it was. Was it was just Texas recently? They had a bill, and uh, they had a bill that would force insurance providers, if they provide
1: mm-hmm.
0: transition coverage, it would force them to also provide detransition coverage. And that bill, mm-hmm. I think this, I think the legislation just um, it let it, it let the time draw out. So session mm-hmm. closed without them even bringing the bill up. And I think that's it's insane that they not they, that that wouldn't be something that you would absolutely say that they have to do because it, that would help de-incentivize insurance companies from providing it one which would also help de-incentivize um providers from from actually providing the care you know um i, I don't understand why they would do that now um you, you talked a little bit about like the shame though i mean Are you? Because I mean, you know, I wrote the article about the sunk cost fallacy with it, Mm -hmm. Um, but it doesn't seem like. I mean, it doesn't seem like that's where your head has gone. But like, let's let's talk about your family. Like when they when you actually transitioned, was your family? I mean, you said your mom was not super supportive, but how was how was that? Um, And how has that been?
1: I was actually um estranged from my mum for about a year and a half when I first came out as trans my dad on the other hand he just said when you get attached buy me a pint you know he was pretty <laughs> chill about it but he's always been that kind of guy and he, he would support me always my my mum my mum does too but at first she, she really struggled you know I was her first child and um I think she'd hoped throughout my childhood that it would go away. I, I, but I was actually, I I was living socially as trans since 2009. So a long time before oh, wow. I didn't start medicalization for ages later because I was still in college. Yeah. So and, I, and my edic- I was trying to get my course done and didn't want interruptions and it would require traveling to London during my education. So I couldn't do it then. So I, that's why I waited so long. So my mom really, Really struggled at first, you know, because I, yeah. I think she'd hoped that it would be a phase, because for a lot of kids it can be, yeah. um a lot of kids it is, especially now with this agenda push, you know, because back in the, you know, I, I remember having gender dysphoria as as, as young as five years old, because my mum took me cove shopping, and. She took me to the girls' section, and I I was thinking, "Why are you trying to put me in a dress? I'm meant to be over there." And so, but not—I didn't know what gender before I was back then, obviously. But I was very confused, and so I was like, "Mom, I, I think I'm a, I think I'm a boy." She laughed in my face, and rightly so, because I was five. <laughs> you know, like, I thought I was Batman the day before, too. So, you know, yeah. like it's, it's completely understandable. But you're a man. Yeah, yeah. You're but I genuinely did have gender dysphoria. And nowadays, these kids don't. They, they're going to school and being told they have yeah. it. <laughs> you know, so, well, that's the biggest thing. Now.
0: I, well, I think that's, that's part of it, too, because I mean, you are a typical transsexual that I would I would normally you would normally talk about that almost every transsexual that I know it was like around four or five it's like kind of when you become self-aware some of your earliest memories are yeah. of gender dys- of of experiencing gender dysphoria yeah. I was no different I tried to dress on when I was four years old and kind of was like I I couldn't put it into words that I thought I was a girl I think for me it was I always knew I, I wasn't one but I just wish that I could be. could be and so uh but yeah now it's like when you so so when i hear somebody come out and be like you know the rapid onset gender dysphoria stuff like oh yeah i just figured this out last week but they're you know they never had like anything no. growing up through their childhood it's like that doesn't make any sense because either you're born trans or you're not you know and i do believe mm-hmm. that there is something that that creates uh, you know that makes you trans or at least you know that would make you have gender dysphoria
1: yeah yeah i agree and um without trying to get conspiratorial there have been um rumors that childhood vaccinations have played a part in it um there has been a rumor about that whether that's true or not we'll we'll never know but we know there's an autism overlap and i'm on the spectrum so
0: are you okay um I actually don't think I knew that. Were you diagnosed? uh, Um, I
1: actually had, this is going to sound really terrible, but I actually had to get diagnosed as an adult because my whole life, I felt like there was something wrong. And I've been, people who have siblings who had autism kept saying, ask me if I did. And I always felt like it. And I finally mentioned it to my mom and she said, I was meant to get you checked as a child, but I did not. No. <laughs> to be fair, though, you know, I I was a '90s kid, and it wasn't as common back then, was it? You know. They, well, yeah. And, and, so, and yeah.
0: honestly, you probably you may not have ever. They might not have diagnosed it. I mean, you 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 obviously know you know now because yeah. females are so underdiagnosed with autism, and historically, the criteria was always for young boys. So, yeah. um obviously i mean i've had christina buttons on and stuff like that she's talked quite a bit about it as well about you know growing up on the spectrum and never being diagnosed until an adult the same way so who knows what would have happened then too
1: yeah and uh yeah um i got diagnosed with the the high functioning and then when i found out about the overlap i found that very interesting because it seems to be quite common
0: well and there's explanations for it too right so uh they say when you when you're, you're on the spectrum you hyper hyper focus on on something so when you think that you have if you if you are even and this is and this is why a lot of them i think the rapid onset gender dysphoria even hits the autism spectrum mm-hmm. harder too because if it, a concept is introduced to you that that's the only thing that will make sense. And so you continue to like, you're going to hyper-focus on that until you actually get what you want. I know that was kind
1: of Chloe's story as well. I've always had that as well with that. Like I don't often want things, but whenever I have in my life, it does become an obsession. It, it and I didn't, I didn't even yeah. know that was a thing until you mentioned that. So that that's there's another oh, really? thing. See, yeah, I I yeah. didn't I didn't know they hyper about the hyperfixating because where I didn't find out till adulthood as well. You know, I I missed out on knowing a lot of things. It made a lot of sense when I found out. You know, all yeah. my life I've had friends go like. Why do you react like that? Why do you do that? And I thought there was something really wrong with me. But when I finally understood it, I was like, oh, no, it's okay. It's just. (laughs) Yeah. Then it starts
0: to make sense. Like when you actually have answers and that's, and I mean, that's kind of goes along with what you're doing now is to hopefully now you, you have answers. Like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, actually I I did want to ask you about what you're going through now too. Um, what, what are the levels of testosterone that, are normally prescribed and i because i know you said it, it like in post that it was like an extreme amount not just like a little bit mm-hmm. heavy
1: it was extreme well the reason why my dose was extreme was because of how i was taking it um i've i've heard that some trans men are actually on a similar dose but they take it differently they're told to so my doctor okay she had never it was a clinic in where where we live that takes people with no insurance she'd never dealt with anyone trans in her life to the point where she was looking up on her phone (laughs) when i went there you know what to do so i was on 200 bi-weekly but taking the full 200
0: i mean you were you were the you were like buck Angel. i mean this is the thing is buck angel went through very similar stuff in the in the 90s right because he was like the experiment but you would think that that shouldn't be happening um, yeah. And this is this is the harm of, you know, these people that want to force mm. doctors to take mm-hmm. trans patients because they don't know, they, they, they don't have the expertise to actually treat like yeah. what you're going through.
1: Yep. And the way it got over prescribed was um, when the doctors looked into the prescription, they sometimes start FDMs on that dose just to get the change, but then they lower it when they've been on it for a certain amount of time and she had me on it continuously (laughs) so um (laughs) and i'd already been on it for nearly eight years so you well at the time sorry it was about six years but you can imagine what that would do so i in such a short period of time got sick fast and before i even stopped the tea i was having the palpitations and things which led to heart pain um, for quite a while before but I was just at first I didn't know if it was because I was working out a lot of the time as well when I was uh, using pre-workout so I didn't know if it was the pre-workout I was using or whatever and then I started to realize that it was the combination of both as well was not good <laughs> working well, out with the tea yeah. it was getting the tea levels higher as well it was raising them
0: now and that's the other thing I don't and I, I you don't have to answer this um, if you don't want to but Actually, did you get the COVID vaccine?
1: No. Okay. And I Thank get God. why you're asking that. I've, <laughs> I've actually, yeah, I've, I'd be dead. I'd be dead right now. I, I, I mean, you. Tell, pro- I'm telling you, you probably, probably would. would. I've been. I, no, I you're know you're for real. I would be dead. But um, this is the thing because the symptoms I've had, a lot of people have commented. Are you sure? There, it's not the kind, and I was like, I'm pretty sure because I never took that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's but that is the that's the reason why I asked because the question. It sounds because like myocarditis in
1: some ways. That the when yeah. I was having the palpitation of things, it sounds like the myocarditis. Um, but when my blood results came back, even though I was having trouble with my heart, it's not my heart that was hurt, it was everything else that's damaged that has caused that. So I was quite yeah. relieved about that because if my heart had been, you know, that's really scary stuff right there. That,
0: so it really is. Now I'm, I, and I talk about, and the, kind of going back to what we are talking about with autism, I've mentioned it before. I think there is some eugenics at play, right? Like, I don't know if it's some great global conspiracy. So I'm not, I'm not saying that. So YouTube, please don't kick me off, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it's okay. We're streaming on rumble too. Um, but <laughs> it, you know, that's the, the thing is, is with um, yeah, with. Autism, it's like you're sterilizing all these young kids before they actually have an opportunity to do that. And because there's such a high population of autism um, among the people that are coming out right now and, they'll, and they're you know highly impressionable um, and will grab onto it and continue to run with it. Yeah. Um, and you're sterilizing them before they can even you know have the opportunity to grow out of it. It seems like that there is, you know, there's eugenics at play that you're trying to almost sterilize an entire group of people that you de- deem you know, undesirable.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree. And uh, it's, I don't know. It's just. But I mean, that's why. I mean, that's why you're. Uh, <laughs> oh, I,
0: well, well, let's talk to um, because you're still in Gays Against Groomers, right? So yeah, I'm um, uh,
1: co-running Arizona with Robert Wallace right now. We are the state okay. leaders.
0: And your wife is the communications director. So yes, I mean. It, it's such a um, it's such a great organization and um, you know actually so I do want to thank um, so LS 420 Stoner um, thanks for the ten dollars and he just says uh, Mr oh. didn't like to thank you for everything you've done here on YouTube. Mr. Ray, it's good to see you're still around. How is Jude doing? So how 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 are how is she doing?
1: <laughs> She's doing really great. She's just busy a lot with gag stuff, you know. She she holds down the fort really well with the writing and everything like that. She works really hard, bless her. Yeah, I was just talking to her last
0: week because we had to uh, send out some stuff for uh, to a, a family friendly drag show here in Georgia that um, I had some people shooting over to me. So I was like, okay, we got to we got to do something here.
1: <laughs> it always makes me sick hearing family friendly with drag show. I can't, it will never ever. Be, it's just, it is no. so terrible, doesn't it? And it I mean, did wrong. you see
0: the pictures I posted from that? I posted I posted no, some I of the pictures in the chat. Oh, I posted them in the in our, in our chat group. Um, but it, it it was it didn't I mean, we couldn't get videos from inside, but you know, the next one we might, but I'll um, check them
1: out. But I know they'll uh, they'll infuriate <laughs> yeah. me for sure because I just I can't believe that these parents take these kids to these things.
0: Yeah, I, I can't either. I mean, and and you know, you were, I mean, you were. Start, we were we were working hard on a lot of stuff, and obviously, I've I'm still in Gag, but I've stepped away from doing a lot with the organization to do a lot of my own stuff, like the channel, and I'm working yeah, for, for Millennial sure. and stuff, but. I don't know if a lot of people realize, like you were, like you you jumped in and you took the reins of Trans against Groomers, and um, we were we were moving with that a little bit.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, it was just really hard though because it just, you know, what I found really disheartening was realizing that not everyone is really fully in this. Yeah, you know, like because I wouldn't have cared if people on the far left and the far right held everything at me it was all about the kids but at the same time i also can understand because this isn't easy work to do and it does come with a lot of so much backlash and it can be extremely stressful so i can completely understand at the same time but yeah it was it's definitely a lot better just having gag. I think
0: <laughs> Well yeah, it is. I mean, that was that was I mean, that's what people don't realize is how and I, I you know, I don't think I've either one of us have really talked too publicly about, you know, what happened there. And it was, it was just very difficult to run. Cause I think um it was you were part of the initial group when Jamie kind of came and said, Hey, do you want to want to start this organization? And I raised the issue very, er, I raised the issue before we even launched trends against Groomers and just said, we don't have the numbers. We don't have enough content creators to really be able to, push it forward like we should be doing gag's got a stable of content creators and we have a few um and then to get transsexuals to actually step out of their bubble is a difficult concept to do which we're seeing happen now but it's it's still it's it's really hard Mm -hmm. to corral a bunch of people behind a single message which is one of the reasons why jamie has actually done very has done has done great work and it has it it hasn't been without its struggles, obviously, because there are people who have left the organization
1: and, and they attack, and uh, it's really sad because Jamie, like I, I think she's an incredible founder. I, I have had yeah nothing but great experiences with her as, as our founder. Like, I adore her. And it's just really, really sad that people even if they have their their grievances, why they need to air it because gag is a spearhead organization in ending this right now so why would you attack it 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 really is really really sad and it and it it does hurt to see but at the same time i haven't got involved with any of the drama because one that's what people want and two it just i find i i love being in gag and i i don't want to have experiences that are unnecessary which they are trying to tarnish it because I love fighting with people who care. I love this. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to do this work. And none of us do. It sucks that we have to do it. But it is so refreshing that people care.
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I've always been one of these people, like like you said, I don't care who you are in this organization. I mean, I, I always go back to, like, wh- back in February when I was uh, speaking at an anti-war rally. It's very similar. I don't really care what your other political beliefs are. I believe in single Mm -hmm. issue coalitions to where we can come together and fight a single ideology. And right now, what we're fighting for for children, we should all be able to come together and fight that ideology. If you don't agree with my opinions on trans adults, I I don't really care. Like that's We shouldn't be focused on that. We shouldn't be focused on these other issues when there is something so evil happening to children. Let's work on children. And then when we get that taken care of then we can go ahead and argue about the other stuff and i have yeah. no issues working with anybody on that it shouldn't be yeah. a left or right issue and i was happy to see the a democrat or a, a democrat in texas broke ranks and voted to to ban um sterilize That's you know the, the procedures in texas so that surprises
1: I'm, me but <laughs> it's great. It, great it needs
0: to happen more it, and we should and i i mean i posted i think gag, actually posted too i i think gag posted too and it was like it was like praising uh, um, the, the Congress. When I talked about it on Monday with Josie, but it's like, it shouldn't be an issue. And it, and so yeah. when you actually see Democrats breaking ranks, um, that gives me hope to, you yeah. know, in, in, a, in a lot of these places that we can actually move this forward because it shouldn't be a political issue. No, It, it should have... be
1: we're protecting children. A few yeah. years ago, take the politics out of it, right? If someone said, oh, I'm going to transition a child, they wouldn't even finish their sentence. They would have, they would have oh, been no. <laughs> shut down immediately. But because people have thrown politics into it, society has completely forgotten what protecting children means.
0: Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. There it, is, it is something totally crazy. crazy going on. Um, And actually, I, I wonder, I wonder sometimes, too, if there are genuine people with gen- genuine gender dysphoria who are actually getting the treatment that they need as well. Um, Because I actually think about it back when I came out, I came, I actually came out to the first person I ever came out with in 2014. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I think to myself, like, I'm like, I think God, I'm like, I am so glad I came out before this became trendy because I probably would never come out. I would probably just, you know, live in secret in a miserable Mm -hmm. life because I just, i i couldn't deal with i i wouldn't want to be perceived in the way that you know the activists are making our community be perceived right now
1: yeah and my my heart goes out to you and other trans women as well because uh the ones being the loudest and causing a lot of this trouble is these radical trans women so it's 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 Even harder being a trans woman right now than I can imagine it would be being a trans man because there are some trans men that are saying crazy things, but you see it a lot more from the Dylans, and you know, and it's just, it's just really, it's a crazy
0: like. Well, it's crazy backwards too when you think about this because the biggest spikes have been young females, but the males are the ones getting the most attention it's really it's almost it's it's really like a backwards like it's actually like misogyny at play right <laughs> you know the men are getting like the males are getting the, all the attention and the, and the females are just kind of off <laughs> forgotten about but I also do think sometimes that is what's I mean like when radical feminists come after trans women it's like they look at, trans women as males and they are oppressive men who just want to take advantage of a situation whereas they look at trans men as victims
1: i think it's because they've just there is so much coming out about these predator predatory trans women who that they will be male their whole life. They'll rape and abuse someone. Then they'll come out as trans and it's become so repetitive that there's genuine fear put inside people They they are terrified. And, uh, it's, it is, it's really sad. Like all of this stuff happening right now has caused so much mistrust in people. And, um, I just never thought we'd ever be living through what we're living through right now. It is. It really shocks me. And, um, before I even started having the health issues, I started to feel embarrassed about being trans for the exact same reasons. Even being a trans man felt embarrassing because these radicals in the community that were mostly trans identifying were pushing this absolute insanity. And I remember having this quite sad chat with Buck Angel where we were both talking about how it really sucks because we both were people who just wanted to live our lives and now we and then we were in a position where we had to declare that we were biological females because people were trying yeah. to erase biology and erase women and everything else and uh it's just the complete opposite of what you transition for i never transitioned to go around declaring i was trans in fact when i first had an online uh my fir- when i used to be online before i i never even like disclosed it because I was already I didn't need to because I, I wasn't trying to get but I was already in a relationship or that I was just living my yeah. life and I, I didn't want to be known as being trans because there's more to me than being trans, you know, but yeah. because of this, my platform is pretty much all about that now because it has to be because I have to, be. to speak up for the kids. So like I said earlier, I never associate LGBTQ because they were always talking about what they were, rather than rather than who they are. But now I'm in a position where I'm having to say what I am <laughs> because yeah. I'm trying. I have, we yeah. have to help kids. It's, no, it's you're absolutely really, right. It's crazy, and you're right. It's so backwards. It's, it's. I was I was on
0: a I was on the I think it was when I was on uh, actually. Both podcasts I was at on Tuesday, on Tuesday, I, was, I think I was asked the same question. Do you ever get tired of talking about this? I say all the time. I said, I, I didn't get it. I I said, I would rather talk about anything else because honestly- you're right. I wish I could just go and blend into society. Now I started yeah. my YouTube channel at, to be a politi- do political commentary back in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now it seems like this last year because everything really did kick into high gear um, last yeah. June, like right mm-hmm. when ga- I mean it kicked into gear, and that's why Gays Against Rumors was founded, yeah. and that's when everything I do now is focused around. Trans issues. And I'm like, this is like, yeah, I'm like, it's like the least interesting. I mean, a lot of people think it's interesting. Personally, I think it's like the least interesting thing about me. You know, I always try to, I
1: always try
0: to, yeah, whenever I describe who I am, it's like the last thing I like to mention, because I'm like, I want to talk about the other stuff about who I am as a Mm -hmm. person and not just Mm -hmm. this, this, you know, this thing that I did. Because, yeah, you're right. I think – and actually in everyday society, people don't realize this. This is what's the difference between online and in person is just like everyday society. I don't go around telling people and I <laughs> typically blend into society. Like I just want to blend in. I don't I, – and unless I'm going to be like intimate with you, then I don't really – need to tell you exactly who I am.
1: You, you, you don't need to go to like my friends and stuff like obviously they've always known but if you're just going out in public do you need to go up to every stranger and go hi i'm trans no you just it's, but yeah these people though in this radical they do that is what they do they yeah because they don't want to be a knife around it
0: invalidate it. If you invalidate mm-hmm. their experience, that's why they feel like they have to wear like these, their, their pronouns written on their on their shirt, because they it's it's their whole life is wrong, which is also why they take it so hard when yeah, it's why they take a lot of the the what people say online and the misgendering and all that they take it so much to heart because it invalidates their existence where if you accept your reality, then it's it's a lot easier to handle all the other stuff but it should and, and like you said it should be we should all kind of still be like let's again we're protecting kids like yep. kids should not be able to go through this and i think that's the most insidious part about it is so many um and i'm not even gonna call them trans adults because i i actually wrote an op-ed a couple couple weeks ago maybe a month ago now that was talking about How when you actually you're looking at these activists nowadays, they're not even trans. Like there was nothing trans about them. They're speaking for us, and they're creating. They're causing harm to us, and I think some of that's by design, though. A hundred percent, it is by design.
1: Um.
0: Oh man, I have to. I have to answer this question right here. So. I'd really love to know again, I'd really love to know what my trans friend would say about you. She was an enlisted craneater and you were and you were an army officer. Yeah. Crane eaters, man, those marines. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, but um man, I could talk to you all day and we'll have to do this again. Yeah, and I'll have, I'll have cool. you on the Monday show just to talk about about the news and everything like that sometime. But yeah, you know, I think uh, I, I just wanted to first just um actually why don't you just let everybody know where they can find your content and what where they can go to help you out now did um did i see did seek um from mom army did she create a gofundme for you, you
1: did yeah there's a give send go for me um the link okay. is gif send com slash matt ray m-a-double t-r-e-y um any help is so appreciated the the medical bills are insane and it's really overwhelming yeah. for me as well coming from the uk and then facing like the, the worst help issues i've had in my life and in a whole new system where it's like it's not as simple as just going down to the doctor and getting help you know it's like no money and
0: no absolutely crazy so...
1: um and then i'm on instagram and twitter it's matt ray and then tiktok is still matt ray okay
0: yeah, I think I have, um, I have your Instagram and Twitter in the bio, but um, just send me the links and I'll put the, I'll put your, sure. I'll put the gifts and go in the bio as well. Um, but again, I, I, I want to thank you for coming on and, and, and doing what you're doing. Cause obviously, like you said earlier, you're just, you're opening yourself up. You're being very vulnerable and you're showing people the dark side of, of, a, of an issue that Uh, so many want to hide the dark side. Right. Um, it's like, I mean that the person that died from surgery in 2016, nobody knew about it until like Mm -hmm. two weeks ago. And it's like, there's such forces out there that are doing everything that they can do to hide it. But you're out here, you're showing it and you're showing it and you're speaking about it. And, um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's really powerful what you're doing. And, um, just i i i wish you all the all the luck and everything and i hope everything i hope i'm just praying every day for uh you know you figure out something and you can and can start living you know your okay. life pretty normal pretty soon so thanks yes, for coming know. on and we'll do this um we'll do definitely. this again definitely all right y'all so thank you all for joining um in the chat um, i appreciate it and uh go follow matt go um go donate what you can if you can to the uh his his fund like he said it's um it's a little bit different and um and even if that fund turns into a you know a lawsuit fund then you know you you, you <laughs> yeah. deserve to get you you deserve to get um you know to retribution for, for the medical malpractice that happened to you. So, um, and then, you know, go follow me across all social media mm-hmm. platforms. Uh, we got the Monday show. I have a, I have a video. Y'all I took, I took yesterday off. It's been my only day off in like two weeks. So, um, I'm going to edit a video that I filmed with shape put it out. And then, um, we will, um, we'll see you next time. Thank you.